Hey now, hey now, Tough Skin Soft Heart family. We are back again around our virtual table. And if this COVID-19 pandemic has taught us nothing, it has taught us that we need to gather even closer around our virtual table to check in on one another as we are practicing physical distance with social solidarity. And in the midst of all of this, all I could think was we've been gathering. We've been practicing physical distance <laughs> because so many of us are spread out in different places across the continent, across the globe. We are saying hey to our international Tough Skin Soft Heart family. Hey to our national, regional, and local family. I'm so glad that we know that we don't have to be able to touch elbows or, you know, in this season of physical distancing, I would say we don't have to be able to just blink at each other to be connected that we are indeed a family and more so than ever before we need one another. So I am so glad that you are making time and creating space in your life as you are leading, loving, and serving and homeschooling for many of us under new circumstances that you make this podcast part of your wellness practice. And that means a lot to me. And so I'm learning some things about the family. I was just telling Corinthia today, I'm learning some things about the family because podcasting is such a new platform. It has not quite been a year since we've been gathering weekly in family reunion style, but I'm learning so much about me. I'm learning so much about each of you. And one of the things that I have been learning, so our recent podcast a few weeks ago, we know we did one on the importance of apology and why it's difficult to be an inspiring leader. It is difficult to be an effective leader when you cannot admit, acknowledge, and redress your own shortcomings. That touched y'all. That touched the family. That, that ministered to the family. That touched the family. That blessed the family. That convicted the family. And I heard so many messages from many of you as you reflected both on your experience working with or in support of a leader who could not apologize. But I was surprised by how many of you said that that episode was like a mirror. And I received so many anonymous messages where folks said I needed to hear that because it was a source of conviction. And I think for me, I've, I'm learning about our family that one of the ways that we need psychological safety is through the ability to be invisible and anonymous. And I'm really reminded of one particular note in, that really struck me, and it was from a founder. And that founder shared with me that that particular podcast acted like a mirror for them, and they needed to go back to their team and to redress some wrongs. And I think it was a Pivotal point for me as I think about this platform and how we gather as a family and pivotal for that founder. Because when I look at our podcast analytics, they are through the roof. I am constantly amazed by how many people are listening and connecting and subscribing and where you are in the world. But when I look at our weekly posts, which we post every week just to remind you, because we know you're busy. We know that if you don't subscribe or remember that this will escape you. And I look at maybe the online response to that versus our analytics, it is like night and day. And I was sitting trying to figure out why that might be. But I realized it's because that for so many of you, even if you see those weekly posts, you don't like it or you don't comment because you use this podcast as a source to have anonymity and invisibility. And I get that and I understand that. So I know that for many of you, you have to be so visible and on in so many other areas of your life that this is the one thing you get to be private about. And I honor and I respect that. 
But here's my ask to the family. We know that we live in the world of SEO and analytics. And so if this podcast is meeting you at your point of need, and if this podcast is something that you want to see continue, even if you don't press the like button, I would love for you to leave a review. That is so helpful as we continue to look at ways to advance the sustainability of this podcast. So if there's ever been an episode that you said, that is my jam, I listen to it over and over. I would love for you to do me a favor and complete a review on whatever platform that you use. We do know that 76% of you all use Apple Podcasts, so please leave a review. That is really helpful as we look for ways to scale and continue to support you as you support others. All right, now we got family business out of the way. Let's dive into today's conversation. You know, I have been having conversations with the family, and then I'm also a part of some virtual communities that have formed in response to the current pandemic. And all of us are trying to figure out how do we lead under uncertainty? How do we do this in a space of new normal? And one of the things that has resonated for me is I started to think about 2020. And one of my words for this year was focus. Now, I know that if you are like me, 2020 has dealt us some blows. 2020 gave us lemons and no water. 2020 has been that year. I think I've seen a meme that said, let's just send 2020 back and fast forward to 2021 because 2020 has not given us a lot of space to breathe, to recover from the blows and the highs and the lows of life. And so if you're feeling that way, and I know I have felt that way, I thought, why was focus even one of my words? Frazzled, (laughs) frazzled. Fuzzy should have been my words for 2020, but yet focus was one of my words. And I started to think about the fact that, you know, when it comes to focus, who said that the world would be silent? Who said that things have to be still so we can focus? Think about that for a minute. I know that even when I was in college, there would be times when I would say, I wish they would turn their music down because I'm trying to focus. Or can you turn the TV off so I can focus? Or I would try to tell my son now, baby, can you play a little quieter so I can focus, right? I think there's somewhere in our lives where we have been socialized to think that we need silence and stillness in order to focus, my brother-in-law is in the military and there is a term that they use in the military that I have been applying to my own life. I've even written an article about this on LinkedIn and I've posted it on Facebook and Twitter as well. And it is operating in the fog. Now that term operating in the fog is rooted in military culture and aviation as it connects to leadership. But I think the ideology underscoring what it means to operate in the fog is a universal leadership experience. Because what we know to be true is that fog is not just a condition of nature. Fog is not just this space where warm air meets cool air and then visibility is limited. I have come to realize that fog is any crisis condition where visibility is limited, line of sight is impaired, adversity is present, and yet you still need to show up and render sound decisions and lead. And if there was any way to capture what I think 2020 is requiring of all of us, it would be the ability to operate, lead, and thrive in foggy conditions. 
So I kind of feel like 2020 has been our own leadership boot camp. You know, when I talk to my brother-in-law, he talks about how, you know, in the military, they have to learn how to focus on the run, on the go, in the midst of deadlines, in the midst of enemy fire, under attack, in sleep deprivation. They have to know how to get the shot even when the target is moving. And I think that is the season of life that we are all in, that we will not have the privilege of stillness. We don't know how long this particular pandemic will last, but I think that 2020 is a reminder that uncertainty doesn't always come with the timestamp. And so one of the strengths and the muscles that we are going to have to not just cultivate, but continue to develop on purpose is the ability to evoke calm in the midst of chaos. And so as I've been thinking about my own journey of not replacing the word focus with frazzled (laughs) in my life, here are some ways that I have been stretching and strengthening that ability to operate in the fog. Here's the first one. You have to draw from your past experiences navigating crisis to fuel strategy design. A friend of mine who is also a W.K. Kellogg Foundation Community Leadership Network alumnus like me, she posted something on her LinkedIn page that inspired me. Right now, she is the Director of Early Childhood Leadership Development for the state of Louisiana. And as she was talking about what she is doing at the state level to support children and institutions, she said something very powerful. She said that she was using her experience starting a school in New Orleans in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina to inform her current statewide work. And that just inspired me so. Here's the truth. Y'all, if it wasn't COVID, it would be something else. Operating in the fog is a cyclical reality of leadership. That is why emotionally intelligent leaders don't rest on their laurels. They build upon them and they learn from them. So take a moment and deconstruct some of your past experiences of leading through crisis. What did you learn? What did those experiences prompt you to unlearn? And what former wins and lessons can you bring forward into the crises you're facing right now? I think that the more that we rehearse our previous leadership wins and experiences, we're reminded that we have navigated uncertainty. We have had to navigate the unknown and unstable conditions before. We know how to focus and make decisions without the privilege of peace and stillness. The more I take time to deconstruct the wins of past moments of crisis, I can see with clarity wisdom and resilience that I can bring forward to apply to the fires showing up in my life right now. Here's something else that I think this whole operating in the fog, especially in the current pandemic, has taught me. It has reminded me to wield adaptive leadership. Check it. The ability to pivot in practice, policy, and behavior is fundamental because when it's a foggy condition, you have to be agile. You know, one of the things that I've loved recently is the fact that Mark Cuban who owns several businesses, he's on Shark Tank, he opened up and used his LinkedIn page as a collective data repository. He wanted to inspire and to create a space for small business owners to pose questions to him on how to pivot, how to reimagine, rethink, and repurpose in this season of crisis so that they wouldn't have to shut their doors permanently so that they could still pay themselves and pay their staff. And if you have not checked out that LinkedIn thread, I encourage you to do so. 
What ended up happening is the whole thread became this discourse and adaptive leadership ideation and strategies. It became this virtual community space for small business owners like me to get unstuck and agile in order to thrive in the midst of marketplace uncertainties. When you remind yourself that you can be agile, agile in mind and not just agile in body, it allows you to shift the conversation from a panic narrative of what are we going to do to an innovative discourse of how might we. And shifting to a how might we perspective is an adaptive leadership strategy that encourages curiosity, a beginner's mind, empathy, and design thinking. The last thing I want to encourage you to do is break out of those silos. More than ever, we need collaborative leadership. For many of us, we are not just navigating crises with work or the marketplace, but we're also navigating crises from living away from extended family, homeschooling our children, and more. And whenever you have all of that coming at you at the same time, it's easy to fall into a place of decision fatigue. So I'm so thankful for some of the virtual community groups that have started for working moms, working remotely. Steelcase even started one for folks that are suddenly working at home. I think what we're learning is that we are stronger together. So I would love to hear from you. What are some of the ways that you are remembering that you're stronger than you think by rehearsing your past wins? How you're getting agile and adaptive? What are some of the ways you're dreaming and ideating in this season of silence and quarantine? And how are you practicing social solidarity even in this space of physical distancing? Y'all know I'm thinking of you and I'm holding you close. Until next time.